the Freed from the Real podcast is brought to you each week by PureMTGO.com, MTGOTraders.com, and CapeFearGames.com. You can listen to us each week on PureMTGO.com, MTGOTraders.com, and MTGCast.com. Hello and welcome to Free From The Real, episode 176. I'll be one of your hosts, AJ, and with me is Sebastian. Hey, everybody. Uh, Kia is uh, off in uh, just south of the border, and we wish him well, and hopefully he should be back for next week. Until then, it's uh, us two riding the roost on all the news that's fit to listen to regarding the online game and stuff from the offline game of interest to us, such as the spoilers for the next set, which has been, yeah, it's been paying out gradually, step by step, um, for, it feels like almost a month now, and you're still, we're still almost a month from getting this online. But new cards are still new cards, so, Sebs, anything caught your eye? Yeah, everything's great. I, I think, like, honestly, like, it's first of all, it's great to be back. Uh, that's that goes without say. But generally speaking, it, it just seems to me that everything looks fine and dandy. Magic isn't dying, etc. And this is this is something that we always like look try to look at once a year. And it just seems like it's it's all fine and dandy. Don't you agree? Yep, that's some good stuff. Which is which is funny because it's the complete opposite of the current world economy. But like that's a story for a different day, I suppose. Escapism always tends to uh, benefit from the real world being terrible. Yeah, but like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. In any case, uh, there's some interesting new cards um, uh, on offer. One that caught my eye pretty much uh, straight away was um, uh, Disciple of Bolus which is a 4-mana 2-1 uh, for 3-colorless um, 1 black with an interesting ability. Uh, when Disciple of Bolus enters the battlefield, sacrifice another creature. You gain X life and draw X cards where X is that creature's power. Wow, that sounds... Uh... Interesting. Yeah. Um, you play this on something with an um, interesting death trigger or um, just... Uh, if you've got a, a three power three drop, you're still... You're um, essentially... Well, it's just all upside, really. Um, it uh, reminds me a bit of Momentous Fall, except... Um, more akin to the dark side of the color pie. Anything catch your eye? So, I was completely surprised just generally with how it looks overall, right? So the thing is, like, I was expecting a, a few more changes than, than what we're seeing. It looks, I, I just suppose it's a core set, but I thought they'd be even more reckless with it, but, you know, you take what you can get. So you thought they'd be more multicolor, for example? Mm-hmm. I mean, so far, we, the only multicolor card we've seen is um, uh, Bolas himself with um, 
the occasional cross-boundary splash like uh, the Harbour Bandit uh, with off-colour activations. But yeah, it's, it's not really been that um, obvious, if you will. So it's um, likely flavoured with multicolour if we're lucky. Yes, yes it is. Uh, but in any case, it's I'm very happy with the Planeswalkers, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think anyone else should be. Everything else should be. I think the Johnny looks great. Uh, I think the, the the flavor of some of the cards look very well done and reminds me very much of the course that I used to play. It's so much better, obviously. Oh, yeah. Um, there's a fun new uh, uh, one of the blue mythics. Uh, for 10 mana, you may cast non-land cards from your hand without paying their mana costs as an enchantment. Three blue, seven colorless. Yeah, that seems nice. Yep. Get that into the graveyard, cheat it into play somehow, and win. Basically. Uh, One which, um, another which caught my eye was the Thundermore Hellkite, which is a 5-5 for 5, 2 red, 3 colorless, flying haste, and when Thundermore Hellkite enters the battlefield, it deals 1 damage to each creature with flying your opponent's control, tap those creatures. So, essentially what you've got here is um, uh, Thundermare, only pure upside. Cheaper, pure upside indeed. Cheaper, evasive, only taps your opponent's creatures and damages them for good measure. <laughs> and it's surprisingly cheap for a Hellkite. You don't tend to see those um, below six. Yeah, I mean, what can you say? What can you say about uh, the course that hasn't already been said? So, not oh, fair enough. Um, we expect more spoilers um, as the next couple of weeks progress. Uh, should have the full set in due course. It's um, it's been slow but consistent, you could say. But moving on, uh, wizards have uh, been rather impressively generous. Um, people were initially a bit, um, oh hey, that's nice, I suppose, to the um, 10th anniversary celebration stuff, but. Uh, Wizards pulled the fast one on us. After um, the downtime itself, they uh, posted that they'd uh, handed out an additional prize to uh, all the um, accounts which had logged in within the past year based on when on the year they'd been uh, first um, created. So if you stuck it out for um, since 2005, uh, which pretty much requires you to have suffered through uh, version 2 and possibly version 1 as well, then you got a heap load of um, uh, things put into your account, such as the entirety of the Premium Deck Series. Premium Deck Series Sliver, Fire and Lightning, and um, Graveborn, which includes such um, highlights as uh, a Foil and Tomb, uh, Figure of Destiny, Fire Blast, and if you're that way inclined, Slither Overlord. Oh God, Slither Overlord! Yes, I mean I think it's I think it was a great move on their part. Uh, I'm a huge fan of what they did. Yep. Uh, um, uh, 
blindsiding the player base with good news is um, something we've... Um, it's, it's nice when it happens and when it doesn't have a uh, Chuck's virtual party cause to it. I mean, this is a genuinely good way to celebrate 10 years and especially to reward those who stuck around for that all that time. I can't believe people stuck around for all that time. I was a, I was very fortunate that I made my account back in uh, 7th edition. Never played it because it cost money for me, but uh, so I got I got the entire set according to AJ and the website. So. Yep. Um, so yeah, how did you fare? Um, we'll uh, ask in greater depth later, but um, good to see. In other news, we have an update to the online formats banned and restricted lists. Um, with Legacy having been uh, adjusted on the main core game, they've returned land tax to the uh, available card pool, which is uh, always good for card advantage decks and uh, anything which uh, hopes to activate the Marion Sky Ruin at uh, some point. Um, land tax being the one mana. Uh, if your opponent controls more lands than you, search your library for up to three planes and put them into your hand, which uh, fills your hand, empties your library, and is generally rather nice. Uh, you ever play with uh, land tags much? I have played against it. I am not a huge fan. I think it's going to be hilarious to see. It's one of those things where I'm like, I think these kind of bandings are, and unbandings are very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, keeps and I think it keeps the game interesting, especially for some people who play the long-term game like they are. Yeah. Um, freshens things up, um, especially with the way the format's evolved since it was banned. Um, on the whole, a good thing. Now, two cards which uh, will no longer be able to be played in their format are uh, Gizzlebrand and Sundering Titan, which have gotten the boot from Commander. Oh, no. So sad. Well, you can imagine the various um, mono-black ramp players who are planning on uh, having Gizzlebrand as their general um, being disappointed. Because let's face it, being able to windmill slam that, draw um, half of your 100-card deck and then go off, you can see why they banned it. Yeah, I could, I could definitely see why they banned it. I just, I'm sure they're, I, I hear that Lee Sharp is pretty upset about that. Well, Lee Sharp would be more upset about uh, Sundering Titan. It was always a um, uh, favourite uh, way of his for uh, um, dealing with uh, five-colour control decks. And uh, the five lands on entry, five lands on exit, uh, seven ten uh, monstrosity is um, is no more in uh, Commander. Um, he was fun. It was fun while he lasted, um, but. Uh, well, fun for the person who cast it, of course. Yes, of course. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Um, no longer in Commander. Let us know what you think about that. And uh, we'll see if uh, a new tax desk, a new tax deck comes out um, in Legacy. We shall indeed. It is one of those things where a lot of us are very happy and excited for what's to become. And we'll... Uh, even if a deck such as Lantax would not exactly be the ideal situation, we'll, we'll see like the new changes. And I think Legacy is definitely uh, ripe for innovation right now. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, 
In other other news, um, Plane Chase will be released online this Friday. Friday the 27th, we will get um, the full set of decks available in the store for purchase from both uh, the most recent release of Plane Chase and the previous one. Wow, two years in the the making? It's been a long while, but I'm really glad that we're getting this online. Um, Maybe even get a chance to play it, we'll have to see. um, It looks fun, I've always wanted to try it, and I'm glad to now get the uh, ability to do so. Do we have, uh, do you happen to know if we have, what's it called, the, uh, if we have League yet in the works, or is 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 league that much harder? Well, I imagine league is a fair bit harder, um, or at the very least, it's um, it certainly seems that way given priorities. But I'm not going to say no to plane chase. Uh, here, have this new extra value content is not a good reason to say what about the previous extra value content. So long as we get both eventually, and in the case of leagues, it will be eventually. It's um, for more than half of Magic Online's existence, we haven't had leagues. This is true. At this point, at least. Yeah. That's crazy to think about, right? Mm. Um, we just had the uh, 10th anniversary. We were missing leagues by the time of the 5th anniversary, I think. Um, but yeah, let's not uh, dwell on that. This is supposed to be a happy occasion. <laughs> Indeed. Um, so let's take a look at how the... Um, cards from the premium deck series handouts have affected the prices. Uh, Entomb is the interesting one. The Odyssey one was over 25 apiece. It was in the uh, $100 club for a playset, and that's dropped down to 19 for the Odyssey version, whereas the Graveborn version itself you can get for two. Hmm. Bit of a discrepancy between the two. Um, 17 yeah, tickets. No, we, we were talking about this earlier, and I feel like it has a lot to do with just like, as we have an inefficient market at this point. Mm-hmm. And so, with, with, what, what comes with an inefficient market is that, uh, in reality, what happens is you want to see price adjustments occur instantly. Um, but because, you know, we, don't, we have an inefficient market that takes a little bit longer time, it takes some time for everything to come and go. You end up seeing is uh, prices starting to reflect over the course of time. Like the algorithms and the, the stuff in place haven't really changed yet. So I'd say in the future we see both prices merge to uh, probably closer to the lower price than to the higher price. Yeah. So I don't think it's, ever, it's going to take a little bit longer than a week. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, I can imagine acquiring the Intunes for sale would have been fairly pricey to begin with. And now to suddenly have the influx of cheaper stuff, we... Um, it's also worth asking if it should have held that value in the first place, if it should have been that high valued, if, if there was that demand for it. Well, I think so. I mean, like, it's, it's, it's one of those things where everything has a purpose. And it's, in this case, I think the purpose here is that you have things that people want to play but are too expensive to play, so they don't play them. But once they're cheap, everyone wants a part of it. Also, there are a lot of people who are quickly selling off their entire clock or entire, like, uh, tax rebate. As we like to call it. Yes, the uh, premium deck story is windfall. Uh, also from the Graveborn deck, uh, Sphinx of Steel Wind. The original version is at 5.75. The Graveborn version is at uh, 1.5. Um, I remember when Sphinx of Steel Wind was uh, 
very expensive indeed, especially when it was in standard. Um, I think it was about high watermark um, 15, possibly even 20. Really? Yeah. It was it was big back in the day. It was a, um, a mythic uh, from uh, the set and um, essentially immune to the vast majority of removal um, out there, at least for an artifact. And being an artifact, it was... Uh, um, Immune to um, uh, what was the non-artifact kill card? I forget. But uh, yeah, terror effects couldn't ancient, hit. It. Ancient grudge. Ancient grudge. It couldn't be hit by. Um, it was a good finisher, and the whole lifelink vigilant first strike thing was um, quite hard to get around. Yeah, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Now, figure of destiny. Uh, which the Eventide one is currently at 9.8 tickets apiece, uh, debuting in the set which occurred in the crossover from V2 to V3, so um, wasn't a big release online. The Fire and Lightning uh, Premium Deck Series version is at four tickets. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um the foil version is uh, worth about, um, you could get a play set of the uh, uh, Fire and Lightning foils for um, one foil, even tied Figure of Destiny, thereabouts. Moving on to uh, the uh, Grim Lavamancer. This is selling from the other direction, if you will. Um, the Torment um, Grim Lavamancer is at 3.6 tickets each, so relatively close to the Fire and Lightning's four tickets each, but Grim Lava Mansa was reprinted in M12, and the M12 version is currently at less than half a ticket each. Hmm. Has the same art as the PDS one, um, and of course they all uh, remove two cards from your graveyard to, to uh, shock someone. Moving on, we see Price of Progress, which is the um, one of the most effective um, non-basic land hoses um, printed. It deals damage, two damage to each player for each one they have. Um, the Fire and Lightning version is two tickets apiece, but the original Exodus one is currently half a ticket each. So you've got really? some, yeah. You've got some cards which are um, uh, considerably less than the um, originals, and some which are uh, considerably more, and some which are right smack bang in the middle. Um, a good example of right smack bang in the middle is Fire Blast, the sacrifice two mountains to go good game to your opponent. Uh, from Visions, which is the originals are at 1.8 currently, and the Fire and Lightning version is at 1.8. Five. Interesting, interesting. Mm-hmm. Five cent distance, difference between the two. Um, I imagine it's pretty much at its equilibrium point, um, and because it was a, um, a common envision, it's probably a saturation point as well. Um, moving on to PDS Slivers. Um, Sliver Overlord is the headliner there at 3.5 for the... Um, premium deck series version, which is less than the 4.12 one that the original Scourge version had. 
Interesting. Mm. Um, Crystalline Sliver, the um, premium deck version, is at 1.85. The original Stronghold version is just over half a ticket each. Um, in the other direction, uh, the Brood Sliver from premium deck series is at uh, 1.25 each, whereas the original is at 1.68 tickets apiece. So, yeah, um, there's very little solid correlation between um, uh, the value of the cards in the PDS and the cards from the, their original sets. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, one, we, again, we got we got a situation here where this would be a really interesting thing for people who are econ majors to study, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but for me, I'm just like, eh. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's one of those things where, like, I, I, I think I think it's very interesting. Um, I just don't know what to say about it. Yeah. If, you, if there are any uh, economy majors out there, then uh, feel free to leave a few comments in the show notes, and uh, we'll see what um, we can make of it. Talking of uh, asking for audience participation, it's time for our question of the week. And relating to that, did you get the uh, 10th anniversary premium deck windfall? And if so, what are your plans for it? Sebastian? Uh, I am going to hold on to it and hopefully appreciate the value. No, I, I actually really enjoy this, the stuff that I've been seeing. So it's one of those things where I'm very happy with what I have and very happy to see how it improves over time, to be quite honest with you. Uh, overall, like, I think it's one of those things where I appreciate the gift. I think they did a great job. And this is interesting, like, it's a handout, technically. Um, but it is what it is. Yep. I'm very glad to see it. I will probably be holding on to the majority of the cars from it. Um, possibly selling things I've already got, uh, four of. But, uh, things like Figure of Destiny, um, uh, fairly high value cars which haven't really fit into anything I was building at the time, um, at least since uh, the big sell-off of my uh, uh, collection, which is almost a year ago now. Um, yeah, since I've been rebuilding from that, it's good to see some of these uh, back as old friends, if you will. I'll probably be trying to fill out a few play sets and making good use of all these cards in various decks to come. All right. And that leads us on to what you've been playing. Sebastian, what have you been playing? I've been playing Diablo 3. <laughs> and that's the honest truth. It's, uh, I, I know I've been a little bit quiet today. I just like don't want to interrupt AJ, who understands the, the, the magic scene a little bit better. I actually just logged in to know how awesome it is. I got a bunch of points. But you know, I did purchase Diablo 3. I've been you know, working a couple of jobs. So it's one of those things where I've, uh, it's, it's been a little bit hard to play magic. But I just can't wait to get back in. I'm really excited for um, 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, so how have you been doing oh. in Diablo? Any favorite classes? Oh yeah, I'm a wizard. Uh, level 60. Been trying to gear up, uh, but I'm, once I be Inferno and have nothing geared to be Inferno, uh, I'm done, I guess. Fair enough. Um, all games have a natural end at some point. Um, Except magic. Magic never ends. Yeah, but games do. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> in fact, we play... Oh wow! Yeah, we we I mean, we played three games a match, right? Or two if you're with yeah. a faster left. Yep. Sometimes games end well. Sometimes games end not so well. I had quite a few games which ended not so well over the weekend. I tried playing Spellshaper Tribal. There's a reason people don't like mask blocks, people. And yeah, 
the quality of creatures has gone up somewhat since uh, these were uh, in vogue. Um, and even some of the finest supports of uh, modern and not-so-modern cards couldn't quite uh, get these beyond a single game win. Oh, that's unfortunate. Uh, yeah. But still, better to have tried and failed than to have never tried at all. Except I, I don't agree with that. <laughs> except if you're invading Russia. Just, yeah, do not or, start or, a land Or, or trying to price the euro or save a... Uh... Yeah. Okay. In some cases, it is better to have tried and failed than never have tried at all. <laughs> exactly. For a yeah. subset of things where uh, failure does not in- does not uh, bring about uh, catastrophe and downfall. And on that bombshell, uh, that's pretty much all we've got um, for you this week. Um, I hope you enjoyed the show and uh, listen in next week. Have a good one, everybody. Goodbye.